Welcome to Urgent Care. I am one of your hosts, the incredibly handsome Joel Kim Booster. The inimitable Joel Kim Booster. And that voice you're hearing is the incredibly handsome woman. Handsome woman. Mitra Shahari. <laughs> she's she a handsome woman. She's a handsome woman. And that means something very specific. Yeah, it does. Um... For me, the one that that would always hurt my feelings was when I would be referred to as striking, which I was like, oh. I think you're saying I'm ugly. <laughs> you can just say you can just say cute. Uh, <laughs> striking. striking, striking means like oh whoa. Yeah, <laughs> striking is like ah, I, ah. Ah, jump scare. <laughs> I will say like handsome in the gay like for me in the gay community is like. There's a certain context in which hearing handsome just means is someone's polite way of being like, I recognize that you are not ugly, but I don't want to fuck you. Like, hmm. see, there's a certain way a guy will say, like, you're so handsome <laughs> that just feel, that you feel it in your bones. You're like, that's not right. You know, <laughs> versus like when someone is like, hey, handsome and that you're like, OK, you want to be inside me right now. Language is difficult. Language, Language is difficult. Is difficult. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Urgent Care. We really got to the bottom of it so fast this week. <laughs> yeah, we really did. It sounded helpful. We solved the mystery. So this is Urgent Care. This is an advice podcast. Complete strangers, sometimes friends, will email and call in with questions, begging for advice from two of the least qualified people walking the face of this earth. And you would think after almost two years of doing the podcast, the advice would get better. Well, guess what, listeners? It doesn't. doesn't. It doesn't get better. That's the motto of Virgin Care. Yeah. Just generally, and often, it and doesn't often get better. Let us, let us remind people that sometimes it's bad on purpose. Sometimes yes. it's bad because we think it's funny to give bad advice. We think it's funny to play with people's lives. You know, they come in here very earnestly looking for advice and we say, let's turn it up. Let's turn it into a bit. Let's yeah. make it a little funny for us, for our enjoyment and for yours, honestly. Hopefully. Hopefully. Mitra, how the hell are you? I'm great. Um, it's my last week in Seattle. Um, I know. Or I guess I'll, I'll have one more urgent care episode in Seattle. And then. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I know. Um, and I'm feeling very sort of misty eyed about it. Um, it's just been so nice. We've like such a good crew on Deborah's and I really, really love Seattle and I'm sad to leave. I'm also really excited to go home. LA is going to be open when I get back, which is going to be so crazy. Joel and I have confirmed that we will overlap in Los Angeles. This will mean nothing to the listeners, but it's huge for our friendship. For our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> this will affect the recording in no way. We will not be recording while we're together, but we will simply see each other. So if you hear like insane, well, what, what, you know, might actually be 
palpable is like we've got this huge bubble of sexual tension and then when I get to LA we're finally gonna fuck <laughs> so <laughs> that actually might be palpable on the podcast so yeah you, you might you might actually you might hear the effect the reverberations of that event um, we'll, we'll in later like, episodes of the pod we'll have like horrible banter after we hang out in person <laughs> realize we have no chemistry in person anymore <laughs> I know. oh my god i can't wait i can't wait to start recording in person like oh i'm so god. over this fucking zoom shit i'm so why? fucking over it why <laughs> what do you mean because i can't because i can't reach out and smack you in the face like i used I dare to you bitch i fucking dare you <laughs> But I'm good. I'm excited about I just feel like very um, excited and like hopeful. And like I, I was looking at the rest of the year and like a bunch of my closest friends are getting married. Um, hi, Caleb, if you're listening, um, a bunch. It's just like I, I've got like fun little trips planned for those weddings. And I just feel like good stuff is going to happen. And like, I, I don't know. I feel good. How are you, Joel? Um, I'm doing great. I'm in DC right now. Um, this is my first weekend back out on the road doing shows, headlining clubs. And I, um, I've done three shows in DC or I should say Arlington. Um, oh my God, you're in DC at the same time as my mom and grandma. Oh my God, you should invite them to the show. They can hear about (laughs) all of my sexcapades. Um, (laughs) They would love your comedy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, but it's been really great. It's been really energizing. It's been like bringing me back to myself a little bit. Like, you know, it's... um, it's just I, I like the shows have have gone great. I have to say I have met so many chefs at the meet and greets afterwards, and it makes me so happy when people come up and say they love the podcast. We, I met some previous callers. I met Heimlich Maneuver. Um, I met Winona Burp. Um, I met so many people. I did meet one listener, and I'm gonna call her out. I don't know if she'll even remember saying this to me, but she said, "I'm such a huge fan of the podcast. You were so much funnier in person than I thought you would be." <laughs> but I was like, Joel, I said this. You have spent the last year saying that you're not funny anymore. <laughs> so <yeah. laughs> this is not a crazy thing. For, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend saying that to someone's face if you're listening. <laughs> But there, there was there was history behind that statement. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But like, I didn't need it confirmed. I didn't need for it sure. confirmed for me that I've been unfunny on the podcast but you to such been. a degree. No, that no, no. You've just my... been saying that you're not funny. That you've been okay. saying that you're going to bomb when you do stand up again, and then you were predictably for me funny on stage. And yeah. <laughs> also, I met chefs in Seattle. It was so fun. Wow. Huge. Because this is, I think, like the first time because like we basically started a couple months before lockdown. I wasn't doing much. I didn't meet a lot of people like we didn't have a fan base before lockdown. And I feel like our fan base like really came together during lockdown. And so this is the first time I think we're meeting people out in the wild. And it's really exciting. It's really making this podcast seem worth it, honestly. Like, (laughs) And for me, it always felt worth it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because of course the we the, the millions of listeners I can't even walk down the street now without seeing one of our millions and millions and millions of listeners. <laughs> but it was really cute to meet people in person who listen. It was nice. Um I agree. I, um I 
I got food poisoning yesterday, which was you. A really what is going moment. on with you? You keep getting fucking know, food poisoning and parasites. I don't know, what, man. What did you eat? Just, um, did you eat Subway? I, I think it's because I ate a buffalo chicken wrap at like midnight, <laughs> and something oh. did not agree with my stomach. I don't know, but it was like a really exciting time to do two shows in a row, and <laughs> I was really raw and honest with the audience. I was like, "Y'all, I could rush off stage at any moment. I'm not going to tell you which hole it is, but." It's my butt, you know? Um, <laughs> I also had a buffalo chicken wrap yesterday. So in some wow, ways, Wow, I feel so connected beautiful. to my sister. I feel so connected to my sister. <laughs> wow. And speaking speaking of um, amazing food, <laughs> should we uh, take good a- Good segue. Should we visit the restaurant? Maybe for a- Should we open things up? <laughs> ding, ding. Chelsea's mad, Chelsea's mad, Chelsea's mad. <laughs> Another, another. <laughs> Let the day in. <laughs> wow, I'm so glad you really picked that up because I didn't think that you would. And you always, 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 always have my back musically. <laughs> and only musically. Only and with Broadway references. <laughs> only with Broadway references. Um, yeah, let's do it. We do have um, one single cup day today, and I'm pretty excited about it. Um and they, they, they do an adequate job of filling you in on the gaps in the call. So I won't even preamble about it. Adequate. <laughs> High praise. <laughs> Hi, Joel and Mitra and Mitra and Joel. This is Birthday Hunch, who was deciding if I should go to the brunch place that, that bans durags for my birthday. So update, my friends and I... We were like, we must address this. So we sent them an Instagram message. It was like, I sent like a four paragraph message explaining like why this is racist and why it's problematic and how they can do better, especially that they're like in a historically black neighborhood that is rapidly gentrifying in Brooklyn. And they just left it on red. Like they saw it like literally a few seconds after I sent it. And I like kept waiting the whole day. And they just never got back to us. So I think they know they're racist and they're just choosing to continue to be racist. So update, we ended up making brunch reservations elsewhere for the Sunday that was like the day after our birthday. Um, but on the day of our birthday, so like the day before uh, the brunch, we had a birthday picnic, which then like quickly escalated into like a party back at our place. And we all did too much molly. So we did not end up going to brunch at all, which was very disappointing, but it is what it is. Anyway, thank you all for your unhinged feedback. Um, love you both. Sit on my face again. Bye. Okay. I will have to say, I think our advice was pretty hinged um, on that call. We just said, don't go. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah, some of our more hinged advice. Uh, yeah. But what I love is that it was such a saga and it, it ultimately amounted to nothing. And, and there's nothing sort of more urgent care than that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think they did the right thing. I know they really wanted to go to this brunch place. And I think that like they did, the, they taking the extra step of trying to educate the restaurant, I think is like really commendable. And you should be really proud of yourselves for, <laughs> for, for doing too much Molly and not even making it out. But who, ha- oh my God, who hasn't done that? Who hasn't done that? Oh that has gosh. been my... <laughs> that has been my life for the last two weeks. I did too much Molly in Puerto Vallarta, and two weeks later, I still feel fucked up from it. So, <laughs> God bless the young. And for only me, to I had eating a, one day off. I had a glass of House Red last night, <laughs> and that pretty much knocked me out for twelve hours. <laughs> we are the same. <laughs> <laughs> we have the same life experience. It's true. <laughs> 
Joel and I do the same thing every night. <laughs> and that's what makes us good. That's what makes us good partners. That it's, 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 neither one of us is on the same drug at the same time. In fact, you are never on the same drug as me at the same time. I'm never and that's on what a drug. keeps us safe. <laughs> I'm on a drug about, well, I'm on a drug like three times per year. <laughs> and I do very little of it and then go to bed really early. <laughs> And those are the, those are really tough days for me because those are the days that I can't do drugs. And you know, I famously do them every day. I'm popping Molly's <laughs> like Altoids. <laughs> My so- serotonin receptors are fried. That's why I feel so sad. The odd couple have so <clears throat> beautiful. <laughs> Should Modern we? Day. Modern day Dharma and Greg. Yes. Have you A seen that show? You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should I watch it? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know if it was like, you know, sort of like a, a gem that I would enjoy, but it's not. Okay. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Joel. Um, should we do some calls and emails? I think we should we take, take a, a break, break okay. and then do some calls and emails. Great. Yeah, you know, you're right. Okay. I mean, listen, I don't want to be, I don't want to mansplain the way the podcast should be run. Do you? Well, so if late. you want to be a girl boss and cut out our sponsors and sort of our meal ticket, the people that are propping up this podcast, then go off, you nasty woman. But you go off, you nasty woman. No, I mean, I, you know, sometimes the pussy hat falls into my eyes and I get blinded. <laughs> the path that we actually need to take, which is straight to break. <laughs> straight to break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's women's march our way into break. <laughs> And we're back, Shiro's. And the Trump is out of office, and we can go back to our lives, back to brunch. <laughs> Y'all, girl, <laughs> this is so topical. This is so really funny. Is. No one has ever made this kind of joke before. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Let us have it. Let us have it. Let us have it's it. Fine. Come on, come on. We're okay. tired. Let us have it. <laughs> um, Joel. Yeah. Do you want to hear the first voicemail? Um, do I want to hear the first voicemail? I mean, I do and I don't. Um, I right, do Chelsea, because that voice. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Joel and Mitra, Mitra and Joel. I am a gay man living in the South, and I have a question about STIs, uh, particularly notifying partners about STIs. So. It's COVID. I don't get out much. I don't have that much sex. And yet, every time in the last year that I've gone for my regular prep checkups, I have an STI. Uh, it doesn't matter at this moment whether it's like oral, penile, rectal, whatever. I give them all three. It depends on the day. It depends on the month. Um, all over the place. And here is my question. Nobody ever notifies me that they have an STI for me to get tested, right? Although clearly when I am, when I notice, when I learn I have an infection, I should tell other people. Um, however, especially if it's a new hookup, um, if you tell someone you have an SDI, in my experience, it kind of goes cold. No matter how great the hookup was, uh, you, it's kind of like, uh, it, it's a roadblock and normally the contact stops from there. So why is it? That, like, no one's notifying me, and here I am notifying people, and then I get, like, iced up. 
So here is my question uh, for both of you. Has, how have you both, how have either of you responded to um, people notifying you that uh, they have had an STI and you have possibly been infected? That's question one. Two, um, have you ever had to do this? Have you ever had to notify people about STI infection? Three, um, are your rules, your kind of guidelines about notifying people, is it different for if it's a hookup versus a partner versus a prolonged uh, friends with benefits type situation? Um, do you do now that you can it differently? Um, I'm asking because I have somebody that's planning to drive over to visit me, and I just learned that I uh, had an STI and I just got treated. Uh, he wants to come five days from now, and technically I can't have sex for seven days, and I'm going to have to tell him, and it's going to suck, and I'm going to do it. Just so I maybe will update you guys about how that goes. But I just wanted to hear about navigating and uh, communicating with partners about STI infection. Love the pod. Love you both. Thank you so much, and hopefully hear about it. Okay. okay. So I have a um, I have an idea. For a name? For a name. Okay. Because it's like notifying um, Pony Express, Pony, <laughs> right? Pony Six Press. Yes. I love it. <laughs> Pony Six Press. Wow. Uh, Gorgeous. Thank you. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since I had one, so I needed a win. Um, I, um, there's, so there's a couple parts to this question, mm-hmm. right? And the first one is, what have we done when been no- when we've been notified by a partner uh, that we have gotten an STI? I have a feeling I have a little bit more experience in this realm than you do, Mitra, but I am interested to know your experience. My experience is pretty limited just because I'm addicted to being in monogamous, incredibly long-term relationships. <laughs> but, <laughs> but this has come up for me. Um and it was a situation where we were, um, I mean, it, I, I feel like it was, I appreciated being informed. I went and got tested immediately. Um, it was, it was fine. It, I, I think it, it really, I mean, it, it obviously just depends so much on the person. I, I like, I knew this person well and like trusted them and appreciated them being open with me about it. And I, I think like, I've had enough education about the topic that I I knew that it was going to be okay and like it was and I I but it but I will say like my personal experience is very limited so I kind yeah. of I'm more curious to hear what you have to say about it. No, I'm getting told all the time like I babe I got something. Okay. <laughs> You're I mean, you talk about it so openly, especially on the pod. And like, I think it I think it's important. I think it was like helpful because it is something that comes up a lot, especially if you're hooking up regularly. And like, it's it's something that should be talked about more openly. The territory. And so when people tell me, I say, thank you for letting me know. I'm sorry. That sucks. And then I go get tested. That's literally it. And I tell everyone that I when I um, am diagnosed, I tell literally everyone unless there's like unless I've just been a part of like some weird orgy and I don't know everybody's information. That's like the only scenario where I wouldn't be able to tell anybody. But like, the thing is, is like, it's a self-selection process. Like, fuck the people. Like, I, 
if you're fucking like other sluts, like they honestly should have the same experience that you do. And I would say by and large, most 90% of the time that I tell someone that I have an STI, they are cool about it because they are coming from the same place that I do and know that this is just part of the game, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you're hooking up with people who are ethically sluts, like they're, they're cool with it. And I think like there's a, there's another thing like, I think we need to stop saying like, so-and-so gave me an STI or I gave so-and-so an STI. Like you got an STI. That mm-hmm. is like, no one gave you an STI. You got an STI through your own decisions and behaviors. And like nobody is deliberately giving each other diseases. And I think it's like, it's a weird destigmatization of what is happening in the exchange of STIs. I just like, I, someone told me that once recently. And I think I really resonated with that because it is like, no, it's no one's fault. Like when you say like, so-and-so gave me an STI, you are sort of like putting the blame on that person when it's really not that person's fault necessarily that you have an STI, you know? Um, and in terms of this guy, I'm not a medical doctor. I, I, I feel I, every couple of episodes, I, I feel like I need to remind <laughs> the listeners that I'm not a medical doctor um, because the way I speak about the body, blood, organs <laughs> with such, you know, uh, I, you know, confidence, I feel like people get confused sometimes and forget that I don't have a medical background. I think five days out of seven, I think you should chance it, babe. I think you tell no. him. No. I think you tell him. I think well, you tell him. I think you tell him and you say I'm five days in out of seven. Do with that information what you will. Do, do with that information what you will. I, I recently was in uh I had a lover and I told him we had I had an STI and we really wanted to have sex and he was like I was like we could use a condom if that's not crazy. And now condoms aren't on hundo percent effective. And I don't know where, you, where yours is localized. If it's in the throat, it's different than if it's in the butt and then if it's in the penis, but there's stuff you can do. There's other stuff you can do. That's like non-penetrative sex that may avoid the area. I don't like, I'm just saying it doesn't have to ruin the trip or he could move the trip. Also, is he in town for like one hour? Like, <laughs> I'm just like, it, maybe, you know, I mean, I don't know, but it's a decision that two people can make and like it's it's I'm glad that our caller is definitely going to share the information though because the, I mean the person might be like fuck it like this is this is worth uh dealing with later to get my nut um <laughs> but maybe not I think I think always deferring on the side of like open communication obviously and I I think also like for me, I would not want to continue hooking up with someone who makes me feel shame if something like that happens. If I like for for openly communicating that they have an STI and need to go deal with it. Like that's it's not something that should be that you should be punished for. Um, so but I'm sorry that seems to keep happening to our caller. Yeah. And for me, shame is a big part of it. So <laughs> I really yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Really, really getting screamed at for yeah. <laughs> something that's out of your control. <laughs> so hot. Rock hard. Just thinking about it. <laughs> oh, my God. Is my voice ever going to sound normal again? 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> it will. <laughs> well, you blasted your your voice for a week straight, and then you have been doing. You've been talking on stage for an <gasps> hour straight. <laughs> and I went right to a party last night. Yeah, I know okay. it's crazy. I'm being really irresponsible. Let's continue. There you go. Okay, let's move on. Or unless you have anything else to say. No, I just think like. Doctors always say seven days, but they're always padding it on the other side. You okay, know? enough. Like, <laughs> you made your point. <laughs> <laughs> and like, what is this vaccine everybody's talking yeah. about? <laughs> <laughs> they say you need two shots, but I think only one is fine. I think if the one shot's fine. Um, JK, okay. JK, JK. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next voicemail. Woo! Woo! Hello. Um, hi, Joel and Mitra, big, big new, new fan, a big fan of the pod. Um, here's the, here's the dilemma. Um, moved to New York last year, made some great friends, three main girls. Um, we were the best of friends. It was best of times. It was the worst of times. Close, fast friends. Um, things started to disintegrate just a little bit. And I realized quickly that I have become the person that each one of them shit talks each other to. And I don't think they're aware of this. And they're all, you know, we're all flawed. And so each one of the things that they're saying to me about each other true and so I'm agreeing with them and I it is mentally so exhausting because I have to remind myself whose side I'm on when I'm on phone calls and things because I can't keep track of what I'm supposed to think because it kind of feels like everyone's right um but also I I, I don't know I don't know if I'm just like being, I don't know if it's being fake, am I being like, too much, too much of like a people pleaser? I don't really know, but I need to figure out because I, I feel like this could blow up at some point, you know, like me being the one they're venting to, I could accidentally let something slip and I'm just very worried about that and I feel that they think that they're the, I'm the only one, they think that they're the only one who's telling me all these things, like I have all it's like, oh, it's like so awkward, you know, it's like, so I don't really know what to do and I want to keep them as friends, these three girls, but I feel like a rotten to hell backstabber every time I'm talking to them <laughs> because I'm doing a super agent, um, fish bit and yeah, so you could just help me out and yeah, tell me what I should do. Anyway, bye. Okay. Rotten to hell backstabbers. Really <laughs> 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 um, okay, so um, sort of double agent knock in the middle. Um, um, my sister's uh, keeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got. He's he's and I think he's sort of enjoying sort of the treasure that he's guarding. He's sort of smog, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> smaug, yes, the dragon smaug. Yes, smaug. <laughs> um, yeah, little um, <coughs> wow, smaug. Um, okay, just smaug. <laughs> <laughs> 
Shouldn't there be a twist on it? There should be. <laughs> I guess, of course. <laughs> what's this? What's um, um, schmau? <laughs> what? There's, there's no. It's too short of a word to do wordplay with. That's the problem. I know. Um, um, um <laughs> want to hear my big, my big riff? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mister Mister Smog. Oh my god, it was literally going to be Mister Smog for me too. I was literally about to say that. <laughs> We're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Mister Smog. Mister Smog. <laughs> <laughs> not a joke not funny not, not funny at all just to us um so there's i think there's one of two things going on in play here okay and i think that this is something that happens to gay men in all female friendships in all female friend groups is that they see them not as people but as receptacles for this kind of information and that can happen drag me um <laughs> <laughs> but I also think, and I want to point out to him that he has like gay son, um, S-U-N syndrome, where I think like he assumes that he is the center of all of the gossip and all of the shit talking. But <laughs> I love my gay son. Um, I've never heard gay son. <laughs> yeah. Did you just make he it thinks, up? I did. I did. I um, love it. Firing on all cylinders today. Um, I know. You're three really hour, <laughs> Three hours up. of sleep, half a Red <laughs> Bull. Here I am. Um, but babe, they're definitely shit-talking you too. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're for absolutely sure. shit-talking you. And I am sure that they're shit-talking each other to each other as well. I just think like this happens in friend groups. And it's I don't think it's unhealthy. I think every friend group vents to each other about the things that annoy them about the other people. Cause nobody has like a perfect friendship that like nothing like annoys me, you know, about the other person, except for you. <laughs> I've never said a negative word about you. I've never said a negative word about anyone in my life. <laughs> yeah. I actually know for a fact that's not true. What, do you, um, what are you, what do you mean? Because I'm your gay receptacle, bitch. I would say I'm more your receptacle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, you know what? The only thing I will say, because I do also, every, everyone should talk to everyone. It's fine. It's not a big deal. But it, is that like the only thing you're doing when you're with these people? And that's more a thing of like, what's your friendship? <laughs> like, I, like, because I do have people where I'm like, I've had friends where I'm like, you know, kind of all we do is like sit and talk shit about like the same couple of people. Like, what are they up to? Like, I don't actually know, like, what they're doing the rest of the time. Like, I we're not, like, catching up. We're just, like, relentlessly talking shit, which, like, can feel nice. But it's, like, uh, like, I want, I'm just, like, I feel like they're, like, do you have friends, like, if you have friends like that, I feel like I've had friends where, like, that's all we do. And I'm, like, I have to, like, evaluate our, our friendship and the way we spend our time together. <laughs> like, are you yeah. having positive conversations with them too? Or are you just talking shit about the other people in your trio? And yes, they're definitely talking shit about you too. Yeah. I, no, I think it has to be a balance. And it, it that's what it, it, like, there has to be a balance. All of my friends that I should talk with, there is a balance. Like, we like those people at the end of the day, right. but they are at the same time unrelenting narcissists always need to be the center of attention um talk too much like 
talk shit too much. You know, like there are there are negative qualities to all of our friends, and I think it's fine to talk about it. Yeah, healthy even. Sure, but you can't. <laughs> but if you, but if he's the only one, like I, I would, I would question the premise that you are the only one. First of all, but if you're feeling overwhelmed by it, then I do think that you can say something to these girls and be like. I hear you. I agree with you. I just think we've talked about this enough. Yeah, you can also. I mean, I like if I if I'm feeling anxious about being like just pointedly saying like, can we like give it a rest on the shit talk? I will just really exaggeratedly and obviously change the subject every single time the person comes up or like whatever the topic is comes up <laughs> and like in a way where it's like, can you believe she did this thing? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, my God. Also, like, I'm thinking of seeing a movie this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Because sometimes I just don't have it in me to be like honest and be like, I'm actually not in the mood. Like we've been talking about this person for an hour. Can we not? You can also just pointedly redirect often and they will get the picture. Yeah. You could also start being lightly. Because the thing is, the problem here is, is that you agree with all the shit talk. And so like if like you could, I find the best way to stave off like people shit talking other people to me is to lightly defend them because then that sends an alarm bell off in their mind and they're like, oh no. You're not safe here. I'm not safe here. I must go. Be a buzzkill. Um, yeah. Just be like, oh, I don't know. Like if, if as soon as anyone goes like, I don't know, I'm like, ah, away, away with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking to you about this ever again. Or like, oh, it's tough. I, yeah. Like any con- anything like that, first of all, gets me so mad. I'm like, shut you. I, you know, I'm right. You know, this person sucks. <laughs> don't try and like, don't try and be good. Be real. <laughs> they suck. <laughs> but any, but. Do that a few times and they're never going to talk to you about it again because you're not yeah. fun. <laughs> so yeah. that's always and then, an option. And then you're the not fun guy in the group. And then they're going to start and then they're really going to start shit talking you. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, he defends everybody. Especially you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was trying to relentlessly shit talk you for an hour straight and he like wasn't letting me. Oh my god, me too. He sucks. <laughs> so yeah. get ready for that. But I think it's worth it if you're bored of it. <laughs> Break up the friend group. Break up with your friend group. Cousin Bode. How about that? <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Go. Brilliant. Um, great. Should we move on to our next email? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I'll read it. Okay. Okay. Um, this is a good one. I think this is like a, a one that a lot of people are struggling with right oh, now. Oh yeah, I really related to this. Hello, Mitrol and Joltra. Joltra and Mitrol. I need your help with what to do about acquaintances, past casual friends that I have not seen in many years reaching out and trying to make plans or renew the friendship post-quarantine. I've had this happen with a few people lately who I don't have any ill will towards, but I'm just not really interested in hanging out with them. I'm sort of compulsively nice, friendly person, and then I end up with this feeling of obligation towards random people who feel way more connected to me than I feel to them. How do I stop being friendly out of obligation? And also, how do I turn these people down or communicate in some other way that I don't want to hang out with of being mean? This is not hard for me in the case of romantic pursuits, but for some reason it's difficult when it's just platonic. Please help. Thanks in advance if you choose this. And by the way, I am a bisexual woman. Pronouns are she, her. Rise up. Um, Okay. Um, compulsively nice. Um, can't say no. Good time, girl. <laughs> what was that? Oh, Housewives of Salt Lake City. Okay. 
<laughs> and we just can't. We just can't. We just can't. Not going to um, go there. Not going to go there. Um, good time, Hurl. Because all these people make her want to throw up. Yay, good time, Hurl. <laughs> we did it. Oh, that I'm like so feeling this. And it's like people where I'm just like, I don't think you do you like me? Like, like I feel like we haven't like had any connection in years and not even in like a, a nasty way, just like stuff st- friendships end. People lose contact. That's okay. Um you can just not reply. That's an option. Yeah. M- my thing is is I think if you really want to send the message and this is harsh but like make the plans and then flake a day before every single time and then on the third flake Ugh. they'll never ask you again yeah Ugh. i know I mean, that sounds harsh but it is so effective because it is hard to be like um yeah i'm actually busy forever <laughs> i can't hang out with you uh indefinitely because people people just want to fucking hang out i mean yeah, you don't owe acquaintances anything. And it's like, it's a waste of money. It's a waste of your time. You can just like, you know, like, I feel like my strategy, which is similar to Joel's, is to be like, you know, I'm really, really busy this month. Can we like sort of circle back <laughs> in like yes. July? Circling back is is a big thing because then like they'll often forget to circle back. Yeah. And, then and like can- sometimes it's true. Sometimes I just don't want to hang out for a few weeks, but... Sometimes I just want them to forget that they asked me to hang out. Yeah. And I feel like that one, you're you're being vague enough, but you're also giving like a specific like I'm, you know, I'm I'm way more free at the end of July or something like that. And then if they remember and they really, really want it, give it to them. (laughs) That's how I feel. I'm like, if they actually circle back, yeah, let's like go for a fucking walk or whatever. (laughs) But if they don't, then we both don't really mean it. And that's great. And it can sort of fizzle out on its own. And something, another fun thing you could do is sort of a a parent trap. You know, you could like, if you have, say, two of these people and be like, oh, I actually have plans with one, uh, with Jessica, but do you want to come? And then you just sort of tack them all on like a human centipede of acquaintances you don't want to hang out with. (laughs) And then you hang out with all of them at the same time and then get it all over with, you know, and be like, just come over to my house. I'm having a hang with all the people that I don't want to hang with. <laughs> well, I was going to say you could also invite them to like a group hang or like maybe if you have like any mutual friends. That way, like you can sort of get the catch up, but it's not just one on one with the person you don't really want to see. Right. Is another option. Um, or, or you could do my human centipede thing. Yeah. Or you could do the human centipede thing, which sounds horrible (laughs) but it is an option (laughs) as always we present all options no judgment all options no judgment except for that one (laughs) or you could also just say no (laughs) which sounds impossible i can't imagine being like thank you but no (laughs) someone just being like do you want to get coffee and saying no have you ever done that joel Someone just um, asking you to like casually hang, Direct, like done, directly. I have done this where I have like, like I think, and we we sort of brought this up first, but I I literally just respond like I'm really swamped right now. Sorry, I can't. And then if you do not if you do not offer like another option, right? Like, can we do Wednesday instead? Like that sends a pretty clear message. When I'm like, hey, I'm like really swamped right now. I really can't. I'm sorry. 
I have a it's really, like, really hard time doing that, like doing any of that. Like I'm all, I, I really, I make a lot of plans with people. I feel little to nothing about. <laughs> and I go, that was fine. I hope, I hope they're listening. <laughs> I hope you're listening, babe. They would never know. We hang up yeah. for hours. <laughs> if you're listening, you'll never know this is about you because I'm going to make you feel like the most special person in the world for three hours. <laughs> and that's a problem. That's a real problem. I know. <laughs> Babe, why do you think I've spent thousands of dollars on therapy? <laughs> no. I don't know. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to fire mine. Really? Why? Yeah. Do you want to talk? I don't about know. <laughs> I'm just not like getting. I, she's. I don't. I, I don't feel like I. Le- I feel like I go in there. I cry. I come out. I've learned nothing about myself. It feels like but, an exercise in catharsis. But like I'm not growing. Mm-hmm. She's not giving. She sent me a breathing exercise the other day, and I was like, "Bitch, I know how to breathe." <laughs> yeah. How I is mean, this gonna help me? I do think that's also like at least for me, like part of having a long term relationship with the therapist is like there's just less um, like breakthrough moments and it's more just maintenance and like releasing the valve for an hour a week. But that's just my experience. Like I think probably going in and crying for an hour is important. So you don't like kill somebody. (laughs) That's how I feel where I'm like, I need to just go and complain for an hour straight, even though I literally spend every waking moment of my life complaining. (laughs) I said that, that, precious hour of complaining that I pay for is somehow different. <laughs> yeah. It is. I mean, I talk, talk, talk about talking mad shit. That's where I talk the most shit is in therapy, man. I know. It feels good. It feels, feels good. Great. It feels someone, fucking awesome. And it's like, she's not even agreeing with me. She's just going, mm, and I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, they're crazy. I'm normal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, on Therapy Catch-Up Corner, um, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to dive in with your last two voicemails. Woohoo! And we are Joel back Woo! with another voicemail. Wow. Yeah, and this one, this one we had, I had to include, I have no idea what we're going to say to this person, but. It was a gift though. I was so excited. Yeah. I saw the buzzwords and I went yeah. special gift, a gift. Yeah. Hi, Mitra and Joel, Joel and Mitra. Um, so I have a question that I feel like only the two of you would be able to help me with. Um, so I have a group of friends that have been friends since high school. We've long graduated now. And we have kind of bonded over our love of Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> like, we watched it all together. Um, during this time, one of our guy friends started dating this girl, um, and she started watching it with us, too. Yes, this guy is straight and watches Pretty Little Liars because he is an ally. But the problem is he hates this girl. But they did recently break up, so that's that's good. But the problem really is is that we, um, (laughs) during the time that they started dating, we would start getting text messages from someone claiming to be A. (laughs) So at first it was kind of funny. We would all be like, oh, my God, A is texting us. They know all of our secrets. Ha, ha, ha. But now... 
they that my friend has broken up with this girl that text messages are continuing and we've all determined <laughs> that it is for sure this girl um we all at a certain point were like okay it's not me <laughs> like it must be this girl um so how do we tell this girl that she now has to stop texting us from a unlisted number because we don't want to be friends with her anymore because we all don't like her so yeah help me out okay bye okay and this sucks because we did we did a full episode of pretty little liars names so like i feel like we've tapped that well but mitra you must certainly have something something to start us off okay so okay um we've got so we've got like sort of the the original i'm trying to think of the what's the name of the girl (laughs) hold on it's like it's not Saoirse Ronan, but it's something like that. Um, the girl who dies. Have you watched it at all, Joel? No. Not okay, a we have to do more stitch. bonus episodes, and I do feel that that's what we have to do. Okay. Um, so, so we've got sort of Allison De Laurentiis um, or Mona Va- Vanderwall that are two sort of. These are spoilers for our listeners, but got it. Um, Mona. Um, so Mona's sort of like the the outsider um, kind of crazy one in the early. Okay, seasons. so that sounds Who's correct. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds correct. Um, um, Mona. Um, no, Noma. Noma. Noma Vanderwall. Noma Vanderwall. Okay. <laughs> Locked and loaded. <laughs> We wasted all the good Pretty Little Liars ones on that one app. I know. That's the fly, problem. Fly in Girl Osario. Yeah, Fly in Girl Osario. Yeah. <laughs> um, Some no, of our Ma best work. Vanderwall. Uh, <laughs> Except for the Rent episode, I think probably our best work in naming. I know. When we can sort of organically find a theme, nothing better. Nothing better. But we can't force it. That's the thing. It's like you sort of just have to land on the theme. Um, yeah. Okay. So, as we know, you really can't just tell A to stop because A is going to keep going no matter what you do. And they feed, A feeds off your fear. Um, A loves your fear. That's the whole point. So, you have to find A and you have to stop A. So, you know, as we know with Mona Vanderwall, you know, maybe maybe it's a situation where you get this person institutionalized. <laughs> so, put them on like a 72-hour stay or something like that. And that gives you enough time to sort of break into her house and like look around and find evidence that she's A and then go to the police. But then you find out that the police officer is actually sleeping with a member of the A-team. So the plot thickens, and then the police officer turns up dead. And then that's even scarier because your mom is the one who hit the police officer with your car. (laughs) So the point is, this is going to be a nightmare, and it's going to take seven seasons to to end. (laughs) So you have to be ready for this to be an experience that lasts for seven years of your life. So really, like, let's say this has been going on for a year. This is going to continue for six more years. And there's probably a whole team of people helping her. So you really have to think bigger than what's going on. It's not just her, because it couldn't just be her. Because sometimes there is in two places at the same time, so it's a team. But the important thing is you have your group of friends and your friends will never betray you, except for when Spencer starts dating Toby and Toby is part of the A-team. <laughs> and Spencer's going to keep that secret from you for too long. And you could have actually found the truck sooner, except for Spencer was lying. So really examine your friend group and make sure that none of them are lying to you because they might actually be part of the A-team. So moral of the story is move away. Find a new group of friends. <laughs> 
Get the fuck out of wherever you are because A will not stop until your life is ruined. Are you trying to go to college? A is going to ruin it. Are you in love? A is going to ruin it. Do you love your dad? A is going to ruin it. Get out of town. Change your identity. Witness protection program. There is no other option. <laughs> Joel? <laughs> I was going to say, um, use one of those services that actually like does track down the phone number and who owns it. So you can confirm I've done this with people who've catfished me before. (laughs) Um, you can literally do like a reverse, you pay like $5 and they like pull up the record of who owns the phone number. Um, and you could do that and then just text her a picture of it and be like, Hey, stop. Um, the other thing I think that, you know, while Mitra's um, suggestions were all based in sort of the world of Pretty Little Liars and, and you know, you can't argue with that, you know, you can't. <laughs> I, I certainly can't. I don't have the context. Um, I think just not responding, blocking the number and not responding. <laughs> I mean, you could block the number. I mean, that's the obvious one, right? Um, well, blocking the number is just going to upset A. um you could block the number and or just stop responding because here's the thing if you stop responding i think it'll be less fun for them that's and they'll stop i know these aren't like not less fun these are less fun options than spending seven years of your life dealing (laughs) with this but yeah you don't want to spend seven years of your life you've got some options babe yeah, just don't engage. It it will it will feel less fun once no one's playing the game anymore. Which is actually true to A. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure if the girls just gave up on their dreams to go to college for swimming or whatever or whatever, they, A would have A would have stopped too. But um then there wouldn't have been a show. Then there wouldn't have been a show. There wouldn't have been a show if the girls didn't fight back and rally together with their friends. So the best way for you to rally together with your friends is by um, creating a wall of silence around this girl's attempts to engage. Good luck. Good luck. (laughs) We hope you survive. Rooting for you. (laughs) (laughs) We really should do that for the bonus episodes. I'm down. I'm down. Especially if they're like once we get back to in person. Mm-hmm. I'm down. All right. Perfect. We should do like a commentary track, actually. Like a mystery science theater, but with Pretty Little Liars. Yee! Our little head, our little heads poking up. <laughs> That'd be really fun. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. We have one email left. Should I read it? Yeah. Okay. Hi, me, troll, slash, Joltra. Oh, I God. I, he, him, have a a close group of eight friends who've known each other for years. One of the couples in our group is getting married this summer because of the COVID restrictions. And because of the COVID restrictions, they made it a small, intimate gathering with only family. Since this was the case, me and three other friends made plans to travel on the weekend of their wedding. It turns out they were also planning to travel to the same place for their honeymoon. But a few days after we leave and our overlap together as five of us is just a half a day at the destination trying to make the most of the situation. I told my friend who was getting married that we should try to fit our schedules so we could celebrate at the destination together before they went off and headed home. She then told me that she felt the invitation didn't feel intentional because we had planned to be away for the weekend they were getting married. But frankly, it made sense since we weren't going to be attending the wedding anyhow and wouldn't be needed regardless. Help, should I feel bad for planning something on their wedding weekend? Not that we're stealing their thunder. And how should I respond to her? I know both of them really well and don't want to ruin the group dynamics. P.S. I must, I require a chaotic name. Thanks for your help. Okay. I mean, 
Listen, everybody wants a chaotic name. Sometimes people don't get the names that they want, and you have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got a big friend group. Um, Brady Bunch, <laughs> big friend group. <laughs> Friends um, reunion. Oh, um, yeah. Um, Ross, <laughs> you know, the, the friend. Um, let's see. They're going on a honeymoon, wedding weekend, um, destination wedding, um, destination wedding uh, crashers, wedding smashers, wedding, um, the wedding bashers. They're ruining the vibe, uh, but they're not actually. Um, no, they're not. Honey. Turks and Caicos. Um, um, jerks and Caicos. Okay. Joel. <laughs> jerks and Caicos. Jerks and I want something else for Caicos. Can we get something else for Caicos? Can we get something else for Caicos? Jerks and Slaycos. <laughs> jerks, jerks and Caicos. Jerks and Slaycos. Yeah. Yep, it was just a matter of time jerks before Slay went in there. Jerks yeah. and Slayhos. She, she, Herks and Slayhos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she, Herks and Slayhos. <laughs> oh, sorry. She, Herks and Slayhos. Slayhos. <laughs> well, he wanted a chaotic name, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, um yeah it's I mean it's like first of all I don't think it's like our caller's job or emailer's job to like solely be the one to smooth this over like it's okay if the couple doesn't want to hang out with you on their honeymoon like that's their time but I do think it is a little bizarre to be like it's not intentional it's like yeah it's not intentional like you didn't know that they were going to be there it's such a nice surprise that they are going to be there so it's natural to like offer to meet up like I think our call our emailers totally like it's the it, I don't and I don't think it's weird to be out of town for the weekend of a wedding you're not invited to yeah I, I here's what I will say and like th- this is one of the ones where it was like oh boy well we're gonna answer this in you know three minutes flat and be done with the episode because the answer seems so obvious but I, I, I did want to say like offer your friend a little bit of grace because what they're experiencing right now is COVID wedding derangement syndrome Mm -hmm. and you add like the craziness of a wedding. Like every single person goes crazy when they're up to leading up to their wedding and through their wedding and through probably the first year of marriage too, honestly, in my experience and add on top of that, the fact that they have to do this during the pandemic and your friend is suffering from psychosis right now okay and so like her being like this is not intentional it's like literally coming from a place of complete and utter chaos in her brain because weddings break people they break people down and they don't know what they're doing and so i would say like you are not in the wrong but maybe if you want to if you want to like salvage this friendship and like and and like keep things from going south with this friendship maybe like Get, do a concession and, and apologize and be like, I was thoughtless. I had no idea the uh, the ramifications of what I was doing. Uh, you know, we should have we, we should have sat Shiva in our house on your <laughs> wedding weekend 
in observance and honoring you. And we didn't do that. And I'm sorry. And we'd like to make it up for you by taking you out to dinner while we're in the same place in Turks and Caicos, I can only assume. I think also, like, you know, I'm sure it's more just the disappointment of not getting to have the wedding that they wanted to have. And they're that like it's it's it. Yeah, they're not responding to the actual thing that is happening. Um, I think it would be cute to um, contact the hotel that they're staying at and like have a little surprise waiting for them or something mm-hmm. like that. Just so that like they feel thought of and loved. And then also like, you know, I think as their friend and like having a little patience with them, just say like, totally understand that this like this situation is weird, that we're overlapping, whatever. It's not what you wanted, blah, blah, blah. If you change your mind, we're around. We'll stay free and in the area or like whatever. Like if you end up wanting to hang out with us, we would love to take you out and get you trashed in the middle of the day in Turks and Caicos or whatever the fuck. Like keep keep the option available in case she softens and would end up loving to see you, which probably will happen. I think it's yeah. just probably the stress talking. Um, but I don't hearing this, reading this, I don't think it's going to be like a friendship ender. And especially if you make some <clears throat> kind of like thoughtful gesture while you're there or like for, for them while they're there, I think it yeah. could be a sweet touch. You get him, get him a horse ride on the beach. Get him a mare. <laughs> yeah, get him like a soaking wet ride through the beach. Would you people ever do love that, that shit? Yeah, I'd ride a horse on the beach. I've seen knights in Rodan. That shit's not for me. <laughs> yeah. But I can tell you that killed with seven people. All right. Just the, I mean, the horse ride on the beach. And I haven't seen Knights of Rodanth, but I'm sure it's great. Whatever. <laughs> it, that whole genre of like, it's like, it's like, you know what I immediately thought of when I thought of horse ride on the beach was that movie Tristan and Nisoldi or whatever. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hayden Tristan Christensen. And who's the girl? I don't remember. Looking it up. I'm going to need to know. Tristan and is, is it Isolde? Isolde. Christian I just, babe, I think it's just he's old. He's old. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm Googling this right now. <laughs> but I but I remember, isn't it like I thought it was like Hayden Penetier or something. No, that's no. just Hayden Christensen. <laughs> okay, I'm not actually gonna do the same. Misha Barton! The Misha Barton was in it. Really? Oh wait, but she's not the main person. Wait, but never mind. I'm sorry I'm doing this. Never mind. Never this mind. is what and this is how Something's you want to end our pod- This is what you want to do to end our podcast right I'm now. I'm sorry. I think it's also James Franco in it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. You know I'm in a fragile state right now. Um It's not Hayden Christensen. <laughs> oh my god do you know anything about this film no i guess not it's james franco and someone else <laughs> i fully was thinking of star wars <laughs> i was thinking of hating christensen and natalie portman it's james franco and sophia miles wow well, well another I'm great glad we episode that we got to the bottom of that well, Wait, we really like, filled out the minutes with that shit. This is just like the other the other episode where I like, was talking about the Brothers Grimm. I don't yeah. like, What's going on? <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm 
sorry to everyone. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, well, another, well, another gr- stuck the landing. Stuck the landing. <laughs> we really did. Uh, well, if you we want really, really did. to be a part of this, uh, email us at urgentcarepod at gmail.com or call 323-334-0371 and rate and review us on iTunes. <laughs> five stars only. Please. Okay. If you're thinking about three stars, rethink it, honey. Yeah. Whatever constructive criticism you want to give us on iTunes reviews, make it five stars and maybe we'll listen. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, thank you, Chelsea. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, July. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, everyone at Earwolf. Thank you to our listeners. And most of all, thank you, Joel Kim Booster. And thank you, Mitra Johari. You keep me afloat. You keep me young. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone watch, watch the Hayden Christensen movie Tristan and Isolde this weekend. Let me know what you think. Oh, <laughs> uh, we need to figure out a way to end this podcast. We just did. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>